What's up, locals? Happy Friday, and welcome to the sixth episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jordan Hauser Digital. That's my video company right here in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to add video to your marketing strategy, which you probably should, it's almost 2020. If you have a business and you don't have any video presence, you are missing out on a ton of potential traffic and customers. It's a fact. People love watching videos. If you want to experiment with video marketing, get at me at Jordan Hauser Digital on Facebook, or you can check out jordanhauserdigital.com. Or if you're thinking, how can I advertise my business on this very show, right here in this introduction area? Well, if you're interested in advertising on this show, you can always get at me at thelocal724 at gmail.com. Today in studio, we have Joe O'Brien. He is the CEO of Integral Business and a firm believer in talent optimization. And he's about to tell us the importance of learning more about ourselves to better ourselves in business by taking a quick five-minute test. This episode's for everyone. If you have a job, you do not want to miss this one. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the Local 724 Podcast in 3, 2, 1. Joe Bryan in the house. Welcome. Thank you. It's great being here. All right. I'm really excited to have you on. We, uh, we knew each other in a former life. Oh, you're going there? It's all right. <laughs> so real quick, uh, just so the audience understands, I came on to help you and your wife shoot some promotional videos for your business. And uh, while we were there, we figured out how we actually knew each other in a previous <laughs> life. You want to? Yeah, I do. Ahead? So... Uh, this is a true confession here, but um, I began my public career life as a Roman Catholic priest. And uh, to my surprise, um, this individual was helping us, namely Jordan, to promote our business through video and different things uh, reminded me of back in the day. So uh, maybe retell some of the what the heck I was like back then. Yeah. This is, I, mean, I just went by the cathedral, the Diocese of Greensburg, yeah. and that's where I laid on the bricks and dedicated my life for that uh, vocation and career. And I just thought, wow, I'm a half mile away here, and I'm meeting a kid who was in my grade school when I started out at age 25. Right. It was so cool to have you as a priest. Uh, you know, I went to Catholic school. A lot of my friends went to Catholic school, too, so... It was nice to have somebody who was young and energetic. And, you know, we had to go to this mass every Wednesday, if you remember. And it just like, you know, that was something that, you know, you don't look forward to as a kid. But with you doing it, it was it was fun and it was exciting. And you played guitar and you sang and all of this stuff. So, like, we really did connect with you on a whole different level, you know, than we would with, you know, some of the old guys, or the old priests that were there. So. Do you remember what grade you're in? Uh I have a picture somewhere. My mom has a picture oh, of wow. me in kindergarten, and you are in that picture. Okay. I think it was like our kindergarten graduation or first grade graduation yeah. or something like that. I'll never forget. I was playing kickball with probably third or fourth graders and uh, kicked the ball, ran to first base, and someone got in my way, did a full 360 and was knocked out. Oh, my God. It was a great homily because when I was coming to, someone said, if he's dead, I get his watch. <laughs> anyway, I was a, it, was a, it was a very interesting, close to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So now, totally different, totally different story. What are you doing now? 
What's great. I am actually from the transition and that was, you know, I know this isn't the topic, but you know, literally around year five, I was pretty much, um, big reader. I had a mentor who told me if you really want to talk to modern people, you got to know what's going on and had me reading, you know, like the wall street journal and nonfiction. And it was just a fantastic, um, sort of, uh, integration into the new world that I was in. You've got to remember, I did go to a secular college, Gannon, and I went to a, a couple different seminaries for grad school, but you're pretty much trained for the middle ages. <laughs> yeah. I have a philosophy degree and a master's of uh, divinity, which was really like a pastoral master's degree. But what, what happened was for me, and I'm respectful of all traditions, many mm-hmm. pass one journey, whatever helps us be self fulfilled and and find ultimate meaning in this this passing place you know i'm all about it but what happened is is i just really um had to figure out what was best for me and i i actually was pretty vulnerable through it all i talked to a therapist worked through it and you know four and a half five years later i I made a decision that i'm better served moving on and uh, i'll never forget my therapist said You've been in holding pattern for like a year now. He goes, if I had a pill of courage, I would give it to you, but I don't have that pill. Right, yeah. And I'll never forget that because the hardest thing for anyone is to just have courage, you know? And so I I made the move and I I, I moved on and I'm answering your question about what I'm doing now because Mm -hmm. the theme of, of being our best self, you know, I, I taught in high schools recently in my last job to get young people to think about the trades like machinist jobs, et cetera. And uh, the presentation title was your coolest and fullest life. I like it. And, and to me, I believe it's profoundly deep for modern ears. For sure. Cause the word cool to me is not just like, Hey, I got neat clothes, neat car. Mm-hmm. And those are nice to haves, but um, you know, there's just a congruity and a, a rightness about what you're doing. And in my work, I literally started out in a nonprofit situation at Goodwill Industries, <laughs> my first job out, totally unqualified, totally, absolutely struggled with it. And I really saddened the CEO who gave me the opportunity because it, it almost killed me. <laughs> I went to Goodwill Industries and had a situation where I was going to try to work with people with disabilities just to get away from the public and take an easy transitional job. Mm -hmm. And you should know that, um, you know, that work to me, I had read a lot about it being a healing thing for people, you know, to, you know, every day is this, you're, you're the same person with individuals with developmental disabilities. There's not, you know, they have their issues as all humans do, but Mm -hmm. it was just something But they convinced me there was an opening for director of communications. And this was a $37 million company. Wow. Yeah, so I quickly exited. And after that, I went and did what I originally wanted to do for the next few years. And my whole life's been about, pretty much from there, human resources. I landed a great job at a a tech company. I knew the founder and his son. And um, actually my whole motive has always been how do you get people to be fulfilled in their careers and also just keep evolving as humans. Right. I think that's really important that you give that distinction because I think when 
you know, people have a job and they're in corporate and the word HR comes into play. Everyone kind of like tightens up and they're like, oh man, somebody's in trouble or, you know, something like that. HR tends to, in the corporate world at least, when you hear it, tends to have kind of a negative connotation whenever you're talking about it. But in my experience, even in the last company that I worked for, that wasn't the case. It was, I mean, like, of course you would, if you were in trouble, you had HR sitting in your meetings, but then, you know, HR was also there as a representative for you. If you had, you know, anything that, uh, you know, any questions or any problems or anything like that. And I like that you're saying that, you know, it is to help find, you know, your, uh, you know, how to be fulfilling and, and, you know, find a job that really, uh, excites you or uh, ways to behave, I guess, um, that would help you be your best self. Yeah, exactly. And now out of respect for HR, mm-hmm. I've left, I told you about the first career I left. Yeah. There's a reason I left the second one and we'll get to that. Um, meaning my most recent exit out of corporate, but the fact of the matter is human resources has so many competing interests that they must serve. Right. And no matter how noble the people, no matter how intelligent, you have a workforce that's comprised of people with different levels of understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, from my philosophy, I'll spare you the Latin, but one of the great philosophers said, a thing's received according to the mode of the receiver. If you have someone who's really narrow-minded and you're trying to explain a strategic reason why they don't care, right. okay? And it's that kind of stuff. And and I found though that even with all those competing interests, if you do the craft nobly and respectfully, people know that someone sometimes is going to have to give out pink slips because of recessions or because you sure. got acquired and that kind of stuff. But it's it's not an easy. Um, position to be in if you want to be liked. Right. Absolutely. Uh, my wife is actually in HR at a company and, um, you know, it, uh, I can see it from both sides of the fence now. Yeah. Uh, when I was in corporate, you know, I had my, my bouts with HR and things and, you know, at the job that I was at, I wasn't, uh, the most happy person in the world and it just, you know, it felt draining to me. Uh, the, the, just the sense of all creativity was just gone. It didn't, it wasn't holding my interest. I wasn't happy, uh, button heads with management and things over, you know, little things like, Hey, can I be creative? I'm begging you to let me do something different. And you're just like handing me a, uh, you know, a task sheet that says do this exactly. And now I have to do this. And then, you know, move on to the next thing. And it, it was terrible. There was no outlet for my creativity. So me and HR met quite a few times <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and then once I met, uh, Jesse, my wife and, you know, we ended up getting married and all that stuff. Now I'm seeing it from the other side and I see that she truly is like, it follows her home. She really does take, you know, the most, uh, I would say she takes like, you know, so many steps in order to help people. She'll do anything to help somebody bend over backwards to make anybody feel comfortable, trained correctly, um, yeah. you know, anything. Mm-hmm. So now I have this different understanding of it. So now I can appreciate what she does 
uh, even though what my previous you know yeah. thoughts on it were. Yeah, no, and and so what happened? Um, and I, you know, there's so many phenomenal people in HR, but just for the record, uh, it's had a bad rap from yeah. Harvard Business Review going back 25 years. You know, big hat, no cattle. It was about HR guys in the C-suite, how they end up there. There's an article on Fast Company in 2005, the most reads ever, I think, according to the editors and stuff, why we hate HR. And, 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 and it, was, it was hilarious. But the problem I see is the executive team, the boards, the owners have allowed this function to stay pretty much just that multi-service multidextrous from the terminator to the, the helper, yeah. you know, and it, it, it's tough. So what I did is I ended up um, getting a call to consider working in manufacturing. I was in high tech most of my life and went through the go-go days, the pre.com, you know, mm-hmm. I had a CEO who came in and said, Hey, I need a hundred people in the next like six months. So, you know, like that kind of aggressive wow. stuff you know, the, the and a lot of people would remember back then, but, you know, you could just ask your salary and if you wrote the right code, you're getting a job. You know, yeah. it was pretty serious. Then it busted and people's, you know, fortunes were lost in stock and all that stuff. But I, I worked there. I got this call, fascinating team. I will tell you that 99% of all workplace struggles come down to four things. Jobs that people shouldn't be in managers that really don't have the savvy and capability to be empathetic to a guy like Jordan. Right. Like, excuse me, I went to school. I know what I'm doing. Could I try something? Right. Right, Yeah. You know, the team, team dynamics. And then what's the overall arching culture? You know, there's a, you know, in, 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 in the language of my new work, it's, you know, the four factors of disengagement. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I, this team I was called into were phenomenal. A lot of just really um, good executives. Uh, they were close to 800. By the time I left, we acquired a company about 1,000, three locations. And I literally was pinching myself that I got to experience leaders that serve their employees, which was mutually beneficial because they would bring more energy to work, more discretionary time, trying to cross-train, career-pathing, all that stuff. But there was a little secret sauce that I hit upon that led me to my current career. And it was a pre-employment assessment called predictive index. And as the word says, predictive, um, we'd give it to candidates prior to hiring them. And it would literally tell us what their natural native drives were that caused them to behave certain ways. Now, it's funny, if you would describe yourself as what's your most overarching, non-negotiable way you roll, that's a big question, but how would you describe yourself, Jordan? So me personally, I mean, I've always just kind of been, you know, the guy who wants to do what he wants to do anytime. Like, I mean, even my friends, my family, my wife, they they all know me as the guy who just does whatever the hell he wants to do. Anytime ever. And uh, <clears throat> I actually, you know, whenever I was putting this studio together, I, I was looking for some artwork. And, uh, you know, I bought a, a print of uh, an artist named Banksy. And it just says that, uh, 
you know, if you want to achieve greatness, you need to stop asking for permission. Nice. And that just, I mean, that's, that's me. That's it. And, you know, since I have started to kind of follow that, left the corporate world and things, there is another one right behind you that just says life is beautiful. And that's honestly how I feel now. It's, it's crazy. I was so bogged down, you know, under just levels and levels and levels of management. And it just, it felt like I was there to do something important, but I never really got to do anything important. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was a cool job. All of my friends were jealous. They loved the fact that I was out flying in private jets to New York for the day, doing all this cool stuff, going to California, going to Florida, all of this cool stuff. And, but so there were perks to doing that, but it just was, you know, when we were in Florida, I spent my entire week, seven, seven days in a hotel. I didn't see the outside. Mm. It was just nonstop from the yeah, time you working. got up till the time you went to bed, yeah. you were working, you were inside, you were doing something. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, the perks were, were there, but you know, it didn't matter. And, um, you know, I always just felt like I was being just kind of, you know, limited in, in, in what I wanted to do. I remember one time we were shooting a video and I asked, uh, the boss, I just said, Hey, I'd like to get a shot with my drone. You know, we didn't have one at work. Mm -hmm. So I offered to bring mine in and I just said, you know, if for some reason this thing, uh, you know, we crash it or something like that, you know, I'll bring it in and use it as long as you guys will replace it. If something happens to it. And, uh, immediately the guy just started laughing and was like, I'm not paying for your drone if you break it. And I was like, well, it's for this shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a benefit. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be great. And, uh, instead of looking at it creatively and thinking, now this is a guy who's supposed to be my boss, Mm -hmm. you know, more creative than me apparently. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm trying to explain to him that like, you know, let's break the mold a little bit. Let's not keep doing the same stuff that we're doing, like these static, boring tripod shots. Let's take a drone. Let's fly it out. I mean, we're in downtown Pittsburgh. We can get some really great oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And uh, he couldn't see it. He was just mm-hmm. like, meh, I don't care. I don't want it. You know, um, that had to feel like, whoa, such terrible. a contradiction. You know, and one thing that in just hearing the quote, you know, of, of not asking permission, it's evident that you are a highly innovative um, creative sort of visionary, someone who just can't help yourself but see other ways to do things. Right. Okay. So what what I ended up doing is uh, our company was um, seventy years old. The founder's son was getting up in age. One of the greatest uh, owners I've ever had the privilege of working with mm-hmm. because he literally put all his profits back in new machines, allowed us to scale. We're working for medical aerospace, you know, electric cars. It was just a fantastic multi, like the markets we served. It took me three months to even know what we did for a living. (laughs) It was so awesome though. But again, phenomenal people left and right, up and down who, who really knew that people mattered. Okay. So we used this uh, assessment for a really important reason. And it was to try to invite people to join the trades because it's really hard to find specialized machinists who are cutting metal with, you know, millions of tolerances and stuff, both on machines and grinding machines and different things. And, um, right before I got there, the, the company started partnering with a local high school 
And out of that high school, we were able to get a number of students, many of advanced placement kids, to consider taking a senior elective that would be about the trade, come over to Oberg was the name of the company, Oberg mm-hmm. Industries in Freeport. And, and what happened was, you know, it was great, and they did this, but at the end we had to figure out who was really going to make the jump. Right. And some of these students could go to a lot of colleges, and uh, so we started bringing that topic up that, hey, we'll put you through school if you come here. And as it turned out, out of 30 people, we hired 10. And one of the main reasons we selected the ones we selected was because of this pre-employment assessment where they lit up wanting to do the same thing in a very detailed manner, mm-hmm. in a consistent environment where they weren't bothered, sort of like, you know, scientists almost, yeah. but really good kinesthetically with their hands. And when I saw that, I also thought about the 13 or whatever number of people reported up to me, both in HR development, and I had some individuals who were real veterans. We actually had our whole team go through this to understand where we each were at with this assessment. Yeah. And it's totally changed the way, you know, I viewed my staff they viewed me, you know, I should, someone told me once uh, I should go to on and on and on anonymous because, <laughs> you know, I, I do like to talk. That's part of my profile. Well, that's good. It's yeah. good for a podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that to me was like, wow, this is really special. And yeah. I had some other managers start doing it. And lo and behold, we, uh, we, this program took off. Uh, we paid the students out of school close to what they'd make out as a rookie engineer, uh, the parents understood no debt. We got their backs. Many of these students, or they're all, most of them are still there, our retention rate with that program. And so to me, I was like, wow, this is it. Yeah. You know, um, I read, it sounds inspirational, but I think it's really cool that, you know, when you're, the world's greatest need is your greatest passion, you know you found what you're supposed to do for your life. Absolutely. That's a great quote. Love it. And and I saw it in their eyes. There was one young lady, I think her household income, she told me, was 40K, her mom. Another kid, they're, they're literally buying groceries to feed their siblings with this nice salary they had, you know, yeah. and they're, they're all kind of collateral benefits. But getting back to the story, we ended up wanting, uh, our owner wanted us to consider the sale of the company for him to get a liquidity event to get at least the money he deserved to move on to his next stage of retirement. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were able to do that. And as is the prerogative of any new owner, they uh, have their own executive team. So a number of the key leaders, we were, we were told no longer needed. So I find myself, you know, just shy of social security about seven years, although I want to work till I'm 100. I just right. love working and, you know, helping what I can do. Um, I found myself, Wow. Yeah. What am I going to do? And then this thing sort of welled up as an option. Little did I know this company, which is located in Boston, had been acquired a couple years earlier by two Harvard MBAs. And they literally have been investing a ton of money, hiring, got other investors to now take it from the strategic level using personality, um, behavioral assessments to the whole company. Yeah. And getting, you know, if you think about it, an x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. I did some research on that. Found it 125 years ago, discovered accidentally. 
by Wilhelm Conrad Ronken, you know, this <laughs> professor. He was like 50 years old and he was dealing with tubes and lights and stuff and ended up seeing, wow, this light went through this paper. Ended up flashing a picture of his wife's hand which showed the rings and the bones. And if you think about that one discovery, what that meant for healthcare. Oh, yeah. It's astronomical. Yeah, I mean, from MRIs to TSA, I mean, we're getting Zoomed all the time, okay? That inner awareness when there's an exterior barrier, Mm -hmm. okay? Most people go to work acting. Oh, yeah. Okay? But you can imagine if you get beyond the facade of really understanding, like, who are these individuals? You know, how do they really roll? So to bring us in for a landing... um, I actually uh, was able to be credentialed as a partner with this firm, and I founded my own business called Integral Business, and um, I actually am now totally getting immersed. I've been trained in most of the products. Some of these are not eligible to even sell till January with the uh, executive, you know, sort of uh, review and making sure alignment there. Um, But I actually believe that the universe has given us a tool now to delve deeper into having people find their coolest and fullest life. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool because when I was, when I was there to, you know, shoot the, the videos of the dance studio, your wife's dance studio and, and things, we started talking about integral business and then, uh, you know, we, we decided to shoot some videos for you. Yeah. Which I business. appreciate Yeah. And we're going to use some of them too. And I can't wait. The yeah. footage turned out amazing. Yeah. But, um, it was just so interesting to hear you talking about, you know, all of this. And back then, I mean, I don't even remember when that was. That was it was probably about five months ago. Yeah. Summertime. So, I mean, this was all brand new to me. So I didn't really understand too much of what, you know, what this was all about. But then we had, uh, we had my wife come in for a scene, yes. you know, yes. sitting at the desk with you and stuff. Health and film. Then when I heard you guys talking I mean, I was just like, hey, I'm going to be over here taking some shots of you guys and you guys just go ahead yeah. and talk about whatever you want. And you guys just went off on a tear about, you know, this and HR and, you know, people's behavior and things like that and what makes people light up and all of this. And it was the most interesting thing for me to actually just kind of be a fly on the wall hearing you and, and Jesse talk about that. And it was just like, this is like really awesome. This is way deeper than, you know, what I understand. And, you know, then fast forward five months, here we are, you know, I've gone ahead and, you know, researched some of this stuff and you and I have talked about stuff and then really kind of getting introspective on myself and then thinking, you know, how much happier I am now that I'm, I'm doing my own thing. And I decided that, you know, happiness is, is way more important to me than, you know, some, some inflated salary, you know, it's just, it's cool. It's great to make money and you got to make money. You have to pay your bills and all of that. But if you can find a way to, to make that money and do something that you love to do, you literally are fulfilled. Like, it's I mean, awesome. I'm it, happy for you. It's, 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 it's amazing. A, you know, uh, Abraham Maslow, you may have heard of hierarchy and needs, but this was a psychologist who lived in America, originally origins in Russia. And his whole purpose of becoming a psychologist was find out how to live in modern America. And this is like, you know, the fifties. And he said, how do you eclipse the desire for fame and wealth 
for the the bigger interior happiness, you know, factor that you're talking about. He mm-hmm. came up with this really cool model that's quoted all over the place, still still in our day, of like, hey, we have certain needs. We need our body, rest, food. We need safety. Okay, then those are all like physical things. You can you know buy a gun, put it, build a moat, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that you know you then get into these invisible things like belonging. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, our relationships, you know, my wife, you mentioned, you know, uh, I, I married a few years after uh, I left the, the cloth, the priesthood, and um, I, I couldn't have landed someone who was willing to take on this philosopher on and on and on, you know, but, you know, and, and just seeing the difference between us as well as what we've made of our life. We used to compete uh, ballroom and she went on to become a professional ballroom instructor and we have an enrichment center now. We both work out of that. And it's, it's, it's all on this. The word integral was literally what I was reading most when I was discerning. It's literally the philosophy of taking all that's best from the past, all that's best from science, all that's best from psychology. And what would it look like if we literally peeled apart not just the, the thoughts and the visions of these things, but the practices they ask for? Mm-hmm. You did a practice. You literally put yourself in a risk place to say, I'm going to do certain actions to start a business. Yeah. You just told me I'm happy. Tony Robbins, you know, we could quote many people, but one line I quote from him, progress equals happiness. Oh yeah, for sure. If you're moving forward, you're doing okay. So, you know, maybe you want to tell the people what we're going to do now for a little bit of fun, just to see what's going on. Cause I, I want to make sure we get this in for you. So as we were shooting these videos and stuff back in the day, uh, we decided that I was going to participate in this predictive index. And just as a, uh, I don't even know. Well, you're, you're helping me. I'm a rookie guy. Right. And they say do 30 reads in 30 days. Mine's yeah. going to be like 30 reads in 60 days, but I can check the box off of one of these with Jordan. Okay. Yeah. And it's a practice. I'm happy to report this is like 27. So I hope I got this succinctly and accurately down a little bit for you, my man. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're not my first uh, rodeo. That's good. So, um, but yeah, I wanted to uh, basically give you feedback mm-hmm. that if if I were if you were a candidate in my company, what I was seeing, and more importantly, for your own self knowledge. Right. That's important because when we were shooting the videos, we spent a couple of days together. And, uh, you know, during our downtime or whatever, we would sit and talk, you being a new business owner, myself being a new business owner, we were sitting there just kind of like trading stories and saying how much happier we are. And, you know, you feel more in control. You feel more fulfilled every single day. It's, you know, you don't have this, uh, you know, this ham and egg or nine to five mentality anymore. It's, you know, yes, you work more, uh, you know whether you're up at seven or eight or nine or whatever. And, but you're, you're working not only till five, you might be working till seven. You might be working till eight o'clock that night, or I don't know, maybe you have a short day and you only work till noon, you know, whatever. But it's like, those are the, that flexibility is really something that is important. And to do, to participate in something like the, the predictive index is I'm excited to hear these results because I, I'm interested to see what this says about the way that I, how happy I feel now 
It's awesome. Okay. I'm very excited about and that. And you know, for those listening, um, it's best to have visuals, but we're going to just paint some audio pictures yeah. for you. And, uh, and I want to just briefly outline one thing I wanted to say though, Jordan, it's very rare. They say, you know, like 30% maybe of people love their job, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have people who like you would work extra hours on their own discretion because they love their boss. They love their work. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And so this tool for me is the 70% or even more people that literally struggle yeah. and burn calories and are stressed because they're mm-hmm. in the wrong job or the wrong boss or the wrong team or the yeah. wrong culture. This could be such a pathway of liberation if companies would take advantage of this mm-hmm. deeper inner look. For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, let me let me preface. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a cold. Um, <clears throat> so... I, when I, I, I lived in Lancaster for a little while and I worked for a small company. Um, it was myself, you know, one or two other guys and then our boss, our boss, uh, his name was Derek. Amazing guy. This dude is like a serial entrepreneur. He just, he knows how to make money doing things that he loves to do and to work for this guy was one of the greatest things that I've ever experienced. I learned so much from Derek and just the Mm. culture in Mm. Lancaster. Um, So I don't want people to think that I hate working for everybody. Right. um, Because I don't. I I mean, if I was able to, when I moved back to Pittsburgh, uh, just because I wanted to be closer to my family, if I could have taken that company, Derek and all of my team and everything like that, if I could have picked that business up and brought it back to Pittsburgh... I'd still be there. I, I loved working for him and that company and doing the things that we were doing. We were making videos and, and commercials and all kinds of stuff. It wasn't until, um, even when I, when I started working at my, my previous job, um, giant retailer in, in Pittsburgh. And uh, I was making videos for them. I was a video director there. And, uh, when I worked for the marketing department, everything was good. I felt like I belonged to a team. Nice. Um, you know, the guys were funny and the, and the girls were funny and like, we all kind of hit it off on this level of like, we're the creatives of the company type of thing. And it was just like, it was real relaxed and everything. Um, fast forward a few months, the company went through some changes and, uh, they shifted the video department over to a different department. Now this other department was nowhere near creative it was very analytical, very mm-hmm. like spreadsheets and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, things started happening to my job where I was just like, wait, I'm doing spreadsheets now. Like yeah. how is I come here and play with cameras? That's my job. Yeah. That's why you, yeah. that's why you pay me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, it seemed to be a difference between, um, like there's the Richard Branson, the Virgin guy, yeah. Virgin mobile or whatever Virgin. He just, uh, he has a great quote that's, you know, about, uh, you know, there's a difference between a, a boss and a leader. And, you know, when I was in that first job there, you know, back in Lancaster that I was talking about uh, with Derek or the uh, the net in the marketing department at this other place um, with my boss at the time, his name is Ryan. Um, I felt like those guys were great leaders. When I got to this other department, I felt like I was surrounded by bosses. Yeah. 
And that was just, you know, not good. That's but I, want, I wanted to preface. No, it's the good. Fact and, that, no, and I think, I think there's probably a lot of people who empathize with both those who right. have a good opportunity at work and those who, for one of those reasons, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. they're struggling Yeah, and they're struggling. So let me ask you this. Um, what did you think about this survey? It was an email you got. I mean, how yeah. long did it take you to think? Uh, probably five to six minutes. Exactly. It's, it. it's, 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 it's nationally, uh, there's been 30 million people take this survey. Uh, we have the most modern updated version, but uh, it's quick. And uh, what I want to do now is just give you a little bit of background on um, what the survey is actually doing and uh, telling us about you. Okay. All right. It's not telling us about your skills. It's not telling us about your values. Yeah. It's basically telling us how you roll, what really um, is the way you're driven. Mm -hmm. And those drives create needs, which translate into behaviors. Yeah. Okay. And this is a workplace assessment. Now I always say the business of life, like really everything. It's funny. I was reading that, uh, you know, most, uh, millennials, 89 born in after 89, mm-hmm. uh, they're more concerned about purpose than pay. You mentioned yeah. that already. They're more concerned about, um, basically development and satisfaction. You know, it's just really cool. But yeah. the, the, the one thing I remember is they're more concerned about life than a job. Great, yeah. yeah no. so, so Which is it, funny, because I was born in 1983. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> I'm a hip guy. Yeah, you're, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but getting back to this thing, you know, the, the survey is basically trying to find out four different factors, they call them, mm-hmm. and then there's a fifth element. And, and the four factors are this, and you could think about it. The first factor is they use easy A, B, C, D, okay? A is dominance, Okay. The drive to basically put your influence on people and things, like leave your thumbprint, right? Right. It can be high, or you could be at the other end of the spectrum, which you really aren't that kind of person. You're more a collaborator. You're more a supporter. You're not someone who puts themselves out there, okay? Um, The second drive is basically B, which is, you know, the drive for extroversion, you know, and we know how that translates. You, you just like being with people. Yeah. You process through people. The third drive, it's a little weird because it's not a Webster dictionary. It's C, it's patience, but it's really I like the, the definition, the drive for consist- consistency and stability. Remember those, those machinists I talked about? Their yeah. work environment would make them most, uh, you know, effective if there wasn't a lot of change. Yeah. So a high C wants that consistency. A low C is like, Dude, I can only do so much of this every day. I got to get up for a walk. I got to do something right. else, you know. And then the last one has to do with uh, formality. D is uh, basically the drive for rules and structure. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> now I'm going to share this just for you to see. We have I, to tell people, I do not know these results. No, I, you I took this thing a while ago yeah. and I tried to have you tell me what they were while we were on the phone. Discussing that you would be on this podcast and you would not tell me. No so, way. This is live. Is. This is live. And you may feel a little vulnerable and that's okay. That's fine. I, I don't think the one thing I've really respected about you, you really appreciate learning whatever yeah. path comes, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I like to be uncomfortable. If we get called out, cool. Okay. Yeah. And believe me, this isn't a behavior like you messed up. I'm just yeah. saying sometimes when you give these readouts, people are like, am I bad? I'm like, no, everyone's right. perfect. If you had yeah. the best job for you, you'd be even more perfect, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So, but real quick. This assessment spits out three things. 
The first is, it tells us what you felt with the first question, which was, how do other people see you at work, pretty mm-hmm. much? Okay? That's one. It's called the self-concept. Okay? Then it says, how do you see yourself? Right. And it's 86 adjectives, stimulus response. Again, this has been going on for 65 years. These scientists in the back room know their stuff, right. know what adjectives spit this kind of profile out. And I want you to know that for some people, they're aligned how they really are with the job they have. Yeah. And when that happens, that usually equates, what do you think? If, if, if I roll this way and my job allows me to, what does that equal? Happiness. Amen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's it. Uh, high energy. You know, I went, yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually, yeah. Cause I had no background in HR. I got certified in it. And one of the coolest definitions I ever read was from, uh, it was a global professional HR. It was basically, uh, engagement is entering a state of focus where things are timeless. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds almost like mystical literature I used to read. Like, you know, you're in the now and also you bring a vigor you yeah. know, and I just thought, so, but getting back now, Jordan, did you like your last job? We've talked a little bit. I don't think so. Right? Not, not, not as much as, as I did at the beginning. Okay. It, it wore on me. Okay. So let me say this. What was expected of you mm-hmm. is pretty much diametric, diametrically, completely the opposite of who you are. Yeah. So what told her that take on you? I mean, it was terrible. I, you know, I've talked about it a few times on this podcast. You and I talked about it uh, during the shoots, those couple days we were together. Um, <clears throat> my wife can attest to this, but I was literally a bear. Like, I would come home after, A, I would hate to drive there for an hour. Couldn't stand the entire time I was there. And then I hated that drive home, too. So by the time I got home and, you know, my wife comes home from the job that she loves... Uh, you know, she's all in a good mood, happy to see me and say, how was work today? How was this? How was that? And I literally was, I was rude. I was rude. I was just like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about this. I don't even care if we speak for the rest of the day. And I would literally just like, you know, run to the fridge, grab a beer, sit on the couch, watch TV. So, so you semi depressed. I was depressed. I was miserable. Okay. And that, and, and so when I go through your readout, you know, I'll give you one example. It's pretty extreme. Your work life in that company was requiring of you extreme detail structure. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Your natural native state is to literally rules or guidelines for you to interpret pretty much the way you need to interpret them, right? <laughs> right. Not that you're violating the laws and stuff, right. but you, 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 you're your own person and you have a perspective and you can see that structure and stuff. It's not to be dismissed, but you'd rather work around the conventional. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing that's quite opposite is you're a quite, um, your, your A or dominance, which isn't, that sounds like a harsh word, but your desire to influence right. is high. Yeah. Okay. It's not extreme. It's high. It's a, you're a leader. You're, you're independent. You're autonomous. Mm-hmm. In your last job, you pretty much were not even allowed to show who you are. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I, had to, I had to be very kind of submissive in, in that job. Also, you're a people person. Okay, mm-hmm. you, it, it reads, and you, I'll give you more more data on that in a second. 
But in your last job, you pretty much had to be more reserved and hold back. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let me just <laughs> jump in. Now, you know, you would imagine after 30 million assessments, and many of these guys are, you know, the industrial organizational psychologists, you know, they, they are the real deal. And right. believe me, I went up to the company for a week and was just so impressed with the brain matter right. <laughs> that's walking the halls. So through the years, they were able to say, hey, there's sort of um, groups of these behavioral assessment readouts that they're all similar. And they're, well, let's give them a, a reference profile. This doesn't mean it's exact, but, and you fall into a reference profile that's called a maverick. There you go. <laughs> a maverick is an innovative, outside-the-box thinker who is undaunted by failure. There you go. <laughs> this wasn't scripted. That's hysterical. <clears throat> wasn't scripted. And basically, yeah. if you think about it, you were pretty much held in a pen. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't know it because they didn't, you know, like the, the doctors who never knew yeah. x-rays, you know, the, the correlation there is, is if a science comes forward that allows us to see more deeply, why wouldn't we use it? Right. Absolutely. I mean, at that previous job, uh, just referencing the, you know, the dominance, the submission type of feelings that were going on there. It's, um, I was surrounded by very, very dominant people, um, you know, very strong personalities. And, uh, you know, for me to compete with that wasn't something that I was interested in. You know, I wanted to get in there. I wanted to do my work. I wanted to be happy and, you know, create things. And, um, it didn't, I didn't get to express any dominance or anything like that until I was basically backed into a corner and then it would come out and it wasn't coming out in a positive way. Yeah. It was coming out in a negative way. So, you know, I did learn a lot of things from those people. Sure. Um, that I still implement into my business today. And so I am thankful that I went through that experience. Um, but I am, I am definitely glad that uh, I'm past it. And you know, it's interesting. Your dominance is more task focused. If you want to dominate anything, you want to dominate innovation. You want to dominate right. bringing, you know, GE said we bring new things to life or good things to life. You know, you, you're, you're thinking that way. Yeah. And your pattern says that. So, so to summarize or to, you know, briefly go through some of this, you know, let's talk a little bit about your strengths and challenges. Strengths is that you want to produce quality results over and over again, mm -hmm. okay? But you also have an insatiable desire to really make that impact. So you think of your clients, right? Right. I know as a recipient of your services, and this isn't a commercial, but what do you guys want? Yeah. And I know working with Luann, you've been through her part. You know, it's just that video that ended up, it's just so much technical going back and forth. Right. But, you know, it, it, and, and I think then when you look further than that, the whole thing of your your ability to um, think out of the box, mm -hmm. okay, bringing new variables into situations that no one else would think. You know, I mentioned uh, my man, Abraham Maslow. Yeah. The highest part of his pyramid was self-actualization. And I think I like to say selfie-actualization for millennials, <laughs> okay? But the fact of the matter is, is like all of us have 
ways to impact this world that can profoundly change it for good. Ancient philosophers said there's three things that we're about. Goodness, truth, and beauty. You think of what you, what one of those three, what do you think you're about a lot? All three of them. All three of them. Tell the message in a beautiful way. Absolutely. Got to be good. Yeah. I mean, when I, thinking about doing you know, I'd, I'd love to have my clients give me all of their insight on, on what they want in their video. I take that, I think about it, and then I shoot you guys back, you know, a quote with an executive summary. It goes through the whole thing and tells you how we're going to take that video, take the, the ideas that you guys have, how we're going to implement them, and then how we're going to innovate that. How we're going to take something and make it better by doing you know, different techniques in, you know, in shooting or editing or, or whatever. That's my big thing is I want my clients' videos to look like they're not local videos. I want my clients' videos to look like they're professional videos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody wants a local commercial. No. Those are terrible. Right. <laughs> so, and that was something that I learned back at, in Lancaster at my friend Derek's company. It was... We were putting out high quality videos locally. And, you know, we didn't, there was no competition because Comcast was out there shooting commercials and it was just like terrible stuff. So we were, we were destroying. That's awesome. And it was great. And that stuck with me. I was like, hey, this is the type of stuff that I want to do. I want to create that high level stuff. So excellent. And, and, you know, that confidence in your own ideas, you're naturally wired that way okay that's good you know you 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 have a great affable way with people respectful you you can draw others to give you what they want i mean Mm -hmm. this is truly from the scientific readout you know communications are open um you you actually do want to build relationships uh but you're more focused on goals yeah okay so if if you're if i'm paying you It's great that we're buds, yeah. but you know, as someone who's investing in something they want to, you have that same aligned outcome, right? Okay, um, some challenges. You know, you see so much that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. You're undaunted. You, you you will not fail. You'll you'll pivot left, right, do whatever you got to do. That sometimes, for mere mortals or people who maybe don't have <laughs> that vision, yeah. What do you think? Uh, it's probably scary for them. Yeah. It's probably scary for them. And I see it more as a, a hurdle. Okay. Now let me recontextualize that. If I'm starting a business, Mm -hmm. do I want someone who's on the low end of dominance who collaborates or do I want a maverick? You want somebody that you can control for sure. And, and if you think about it though, most great founders of companies mm-hmm. were like you. Yeah. They have a vision. They got to do it. They can, it's in their DNA. They have to do it. Right. You know, if they did it well and were able to grow huge companies, they had the people side down. Right. Mm-hmm. Some other things about your uh, pattern that you should know is, is um, you really like change. You, you're not um, someone who has to, uh, would welcome sitting at a desk nine to five, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But that also on the other side, sometimes may mean a challenge. Yeah. Details. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting stuff done. 
Okay, like the invoicing or editing. Editing, editing. Yeah. great. Okay. I mean, that was, it's it's funny that you say that because, you know, back when I did work in Lancaster, that was my main job. I was an editor. I really didn't shoot all that much at that job. I would go out and help, but I mean, you know, it would be funny if Derek was here because he could sit there and say like, man, that kid would be at his computer from eight or nine in the morning until five or six at night. Yeah. And he, I, I didn't get up. I ate yeah. my lunch there. Wow. I sat there and I did. And the only reason that I was okay with sitting at that desk is because I was doing something that I loved. Awesome. It challenged my mind. Awesome. He didn't have, you know, uh, he didn't have, you know, this, this, uh, task list for me to follow. It was, I want you to take and make this commercial amazing. I want you to do motion graphics. I want you to do this, try different things, all of that. I was given complete freedom to do whatever I wanted. So if I sat there and like, you know, experimented with a graphic for four hours, that's what I did. Awesome. It's like <laughs> people sitting over Petri dishes. Hey, let's put this die and try it, right? Yeah. You're, you're coming up with the most beautiful, appropriate, you know, help response you can to what you're being asked to do right absolutely and and that's so i think just you know let me just talk a little bit so do you think this is accurate too i always oh, ask, yeah it's like 97 percent. most people are like uh uh-huh, spot on crazy that in mm-hmm. six minutes this broad awareness is here now imagine i want to just give you how you could be best managed according to the yeah. artificial intelligence or the software platform right sure to maximize jordan his effectiveness, his job satisfaction, consider providing him with the following. Opportunities for independent self-expression, venture and autonomy and acting on their own ideas. We start out, you're saying, I wasn't even allowed to bring my drone in. You know, right. Authority to make decisions and solve problems independently. Management which is receptive to new ideas and change while maintaining some oversight of activities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Freedom to exercise initiative and do their own thing, quote. If necessary for their kind of work, thorough training with intense concentration and discipline in teaching the details, Mm -hmm. routines and systems that are basic to the work. Follow up naturally on any specifics. You also would have no problem delegating stuff too to people. Right. Okay. Which is another thing that, you know. So now just... To bring this to like, if you were invited back to corporate America, let's say Google said, hey, I saw your commercial, dude. We want you out here. Okay. Whatever. Amazon. Okay. We're going to pay you a lot of money. And let's say they use predictive index. Well, your new boss would literally be giving a management chart that would reiterate the ways he can keep you in your best lane. Yeah. Okay. And instead of an annual review... He aligns the department goals with who he hired. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, he would have known he was getting you from reading your survey even before you got there, yeah. the results, okay? Mm-hmm. Then go one step further. Imagine you're working in a team of five. Yeah. And you can see everyone else how they roll. And you talk openly about it. So if someone yeah. hates public speaking and talking and they're more reserved, instead of me saying, hey, Susie, I need you, what would you think about that? Probably a better thing would be send Susie an email. Hey, give me your response by Monday. I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah. So that's a summary. I think it's a a serving, an offering, a product for our modern world. 
And the companies that have used it, it's a global company now with partners all over the world, are seeing incredible results. In fact, this is really key. Just this year, they believe, Predictive Index does, and as a, a partner of theirs, that we're creating a whole new category. Now, let me tell you what a category is in business. You may mm-hmm. know this, but rideshare. Who do you think of? Oh, Uber. Uber. Okay. Yeah. My parents, your parents, well, my parents are deceased now. They never knew Uber. Right. Okay. Uh, electric cars. Who do you think of? Tesla. Okay. Whole new category, right? Right. What about this one? Talent optimization. Right now, predictive index. That's right. <laughs> and, and more importantly, locally, integral business. Right, yeah. Okay. And my tagline is talent optimization simplified. Yeah. This brings so much. I love your tagline because it is simplified. It really is. I mean, just to hear those results, it makes me laugh because, yes, I everyone, everyone that knows me knows me as the Maverick. It's hilarious. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes to a fault. You know, my wife isn't isn't happy that, you know, every every so often I'm just like, nah, it's cool. I'll do what I want. Got it. I got it. You know, I'll I'll figure it out. But um <clears throat> I feel like if you know that new team that we got sent over to at my last job. Wow. Had they been able to have this information, it would have helped tremendously because I remember having a conversation with the guy who was the director of the department and he made it sound like he was very in tune with managing different types of people within a few weeks. I realized that that was not the case. Mm. I was being held as a creative. I was being held to the same standard as some guy who was making spreadsheets, you know? And it's like, that guy's job is, you know, maybe he likes doing that. He went to school to, to do this type of thing, you know? So maybe he likes that. I don't, you know, that's boring to me. Yeah. This is like daunting. But he would have known if he read the cliff notes, right? Right. Had he had this information, he mm-hmm. would have said, all right, this guy's a little different. We're going to have to, we're going to have to play around with the way that we manage him. And I, I told him that. Flat out, I said, look, man, the way you're managing other people is not the way that you need to manage me. Yeah. Like, that's why I got along so well with my buddy Ryan, who was my first boss there. He immediately, I mean, we're kind of the same person uh, creatively and things like that. He kind of is the best of both worlds, business, corporate yeah. structure, yeah. and creative, you know, creativeness. So he immediately, you know, we kind of uh, really connected and he knew within days how to make me feel good at my job. And, you know, we've talked about the whole, uh, I forget who who had the saying or whatever, but it is, you know, you want to train people uh, well enough that they could leave the company, but they don't want to because you're treating them so well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was something that, you know, the two of us kind of, we've talked about that quote before. We've discussed it at length. Um, he actually ended up leaving this mm. the, the company as well to go out and chase after his dream of owning his own business. Good. So it's very awesome when the two of us get to talk. He's actually going to be on the next episode. Oh, how fun. And uh, so I'm trying to like line these yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know. There's so a theme flow, though, right? There's and, a theme. Uh, it's yeah. really cool. I just feel like 
this is such an important thing. And the fact that you're doing it locally um, is such a neat thing because then, you know, people could talk to you about this. They could have the same experience that I just had. Absolutely. And yeah, free of charge. I, I, naturally, it's the way, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm a colleague of my wife will actually. Did you uh, say free of charge? Free of charge for the uh, initial tester yeah. to, to get to know the tool. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. That's and, you know, we, our sweet spot, really any company, 25 employees or more, you mm-hmm. know, um, up, but we have a national network. Um, but, you know, I want to tell you, I work with my wife and have since I made this transition out of the right. same studio. And um, I knew her PI. I actually had her do it one of my last company. It's so awesome. Yeah. To see she's a scholar, highly technical, mm-hmm. highly precise, okay? As you know, you've been editing. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. But, you know, the amount of uh, drama that leaves the room, the amount of mutual respect, the amount of understanding that we all have, you know, get a little preach here, like whether God-given or universe-given, whatever modern parlance you want to use about ultimate things. Yeah. And if we cooperate, I mean, we're hired, hardwired with these things, anywhere from like 15 to 18 and they are whole life. Those are our drives. Yeah. So it's, it's really something that could bring so much more effective productivity. But I think, you know, the model of predictive index is a better work, better world. Yep. Your wife, Jesse is probably very happy when you come up. now. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm definitely a, you know, different person. And I've had multiple people come up and tell me that just like best friends of mine. Uh, people are just like, you, you're totally different now. This is like, you're doing what you want. I'm proud that, you know, you're going and chasing after your dreams and you're being successful at it. So that's important. Um, it's definitely helping the home life. It's definitely, you know, now, you know, when I go out and have a couple of drinks with my friends, I'm doing that because I want to have fun and I'm celebrating. Yeah, I'm not versus doing it because, therapy. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not, self-medicating. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole different animal. Look know? at the healing. Look at the collateral benefits. I mean, this is yeah. such a, because we all need a noble livelihood. Like yeah. you, you, you can't live life without skills. Right. But you could actually have jobs where you're using your skills where you hate it. Mm-hmm. But if you match your skills with your drives, with the boss, the team, the company. Yeah. I mean, and I, this isn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's simple. Use the tool. Yeah. It's, it. it's, it's wild. I mean, like, just the, uh, you know, the goals and things like that. These are all the things that I learned in, in that position that, you know, those words never came out of my mouth. Goals and growth and success and, you know, all of this stuff that, you know, I, I talk about now being an entrepreneur are it's very funny because those are all the things that I hated to hear these bosses say like, Hey guys, by Friday, you have to have your goals, Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. goals completed for the quarter and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, man, what a waste of time. And that was because I was just like at that company. I mean, I was so bogged down. I just, I didn't have any goals there. The goals didn't exist there. The goals existed outside of that company for myself. I'm really glad you landed where you did. Me too. Awesome. Well, can you tell us uh, where where we can find you? Yeah, I really appreciate it. So uh, my website, again, I work out of Integral Enrichment Center, but my website is just integralbusiness-iec for integralenrichmentcenter.com. Um, you could just look up Integral Enrichment. You can get me there too. You know, just call the center and we'll, I'll pick up. Um, LinkedIn, you know, I have a presence there, Joseph O'Brien, uh, Integral Business. 
And uh, again, I just want to say any listeners out there, if you're struggling at work and you know the HR person, you know, those are usually the portals, but it, ideally it'd be great to talk to the CEOs and executives because if they would see and feel the implications of a tool that's this modern, that this precise, I think it's, you know, to try it's to buy it. Absolutely. All right, Joe, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Joe O'Brien with Integral Business. This was definitely one of the most interesting episodes that we have had on this podcast thus far, especially if you're into business. I'm a firm believer in being happy at the workplace. If you're not happy at your job, then you are literally suffering day in and day out. It's a terrible feeling. Say you're the guy or girl that is at work and you're button heads with management on a daily basis. That was me. We didn't understand each other. We didn't know how to communicate best with one another. And I felt as though they did not know how to manage me, my personality type. So that's why this predictive index is so important. Because within five to six minutes, you can figure out how to make your job and make your life more enjoyable. All right, and rant. What I want you guys to do is get out there, get in contact with Joe at Integral Business. Uh, check him out at www.integralbusiness-iec.com. You'll be very happy you did. I promise you that. We'll see you next time.